Heidi ho everybody welcome to post christian pastors <laughs> you gotta start uh, i was just doing Who that starts with a heidi ho heidi ho howdy doody guys hello howdy so doody you're, you're why so are you red <laughs> <laughs> you, you embarrassed yourself with a heidi ho are you looking to take your knowledge of faith to the next level oh You've come to the right place. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, broadcasting from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The podcast hosted by four pastors as they discuss relationships, faith, pop culture, current issues, and much, much more. Welcome to Post Christian Pastors. Let's make America great again, guys. Here we go. Let's make it great. Aww. Welcome, everybody. The boys are back here on Post Christian Pastors. Good to be with you. This is a special election version of yes. Post Christian Pastors. We're glad Woo! you've joined us. We are just four pastors who get together and we talk about things like faith. Uh, relationships, food. We've talked about food on here. We've yeah. talked about uh, everything, culture, food. all kinds of stuff. Today, yes. we're talking politics. We got votes. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, gonna be fun. This episode's going to air. This episode's going to air I'll right. Sell mine. Right. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. If you could, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, then it would be rigged. <laughs> I could have my retirement done. Have you seen this thing? You could, like vote share. You can like yeah vote share. Vote I saw share. that. I was like, what the no. heck is that? Yeah, you. You can like vo- share your vote with somebody in, in like another state, like a state that mm. matters. You can like switch your vote yeah. with them. It's like very corrupt. That sounds, sounds like, like a disaster. Kind of iffy. Um, yeah. Well, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to go around the table here. If you're just joining us and introduce ourselves, and and uh, we're glad to be back with you. And uh, before this uh, crazy election begins, we're fi- we're recording this just a few days before the election. It will air before the election. And we're also, we got to say, we're, we're recording this episode the day after the World Series loss of Mike's Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. I don't so know what you're talking about. I've got my, <laughs> just so you guys can see, i got my Cavalier shirt on right uh, now. Cavs are currently Mike, undefeated and reigning world champions. Mike has already moved on. Yeah. He's emotionally turned a corner. Good thing there's no football in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, there, there is no football there in Cleveland. There is no football. No one playing football. They're just there. an automatic win But for, for some reason, the Patriots traded their one of their best players to you guys. I, don't, I just don't that. even get that. I don't that. understand either. So anyway. The <laughs> almighty dollar. Let's go around the table really quick uh, in honor of the uh, World Series last night ending up uh, playing first base. John Price. John Price. At second base, Mike Arnold. Mike Arnold, and at around the horn at third base, the hot corner, Marv Nelson. And today it's bound to be the hot corner. Everything's probably going to be for <laughs> Mark, the hot corner. Mark's today. a little hot today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a tad bit snarky, and I'm catching, I guess, or batting or something here. I'm very and tired. I'm, you're, you're pitching. Maybe you're the I'm umpire. I like it. I might be today. I might be the umpire. The umpire. The evil. Everybody was up too late last night yes, watching we the world series oh, oh man so uh, i'm i guess i'm i'm the ump behind the plate today i have a feeling i'm going to play that role maybe today so uh we're glad you joined us and uh we are excited about this episode at the same time we know that it's a it's a pretty controversial subject but let's talk about this um crazy election we have coming let's up uh, on tuesday november 8th and um we've talked a little bit about politics on the show but yeah. but not a lot we've mentioned it at times we had this whole thing with who would you rather run your hair. Ha- fingers <laughs> through hair. joel osteen's hair or donald trump's hair hmm. uh that was about the extent of our political discourse over these last uh months that we started the podcast and by the way but this podcast is, I don't know if you guys knew this, is, is gone international. We're, we're heard in like um, 18 other countries. So, wow. So that those of you so for, <laughs> listening in Australia or I've looked at the map, Madagascar, uh, right. Great Britain. We have listeners in South America. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hola. Good and, day, uh, mate. Oh, man. That's like as bad as hombres. You just did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for those who are listening around the world, this episode, we're, we apologize because yes. it's going to mean nothing. <laughs> we apologize for all the news you've seen coming out of America. Yes. It's, oh, been, yeah. it's been uh, yeah. rather it's a tough tragic. election cycle. Please, it's been a please tough forgive one. us. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's, let's put this out on the table right off the bat. So uh, we're a couple days away from voting. And um, do we want to go around and talk about who we're each going to 
vote for and and why yeah we'll start with marv on the hot corner <laughs> the hot corner well uh you know for me as you i don't have to say but yeah no i don't mind as i look at the whole landscape of this election um you know i have to vote third party i i cannot i cannot live with myself if i vote with any other way um you know and 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 i really enjoy the uh the rebellion republic video that uh that they put out for gary johnson where it says you know explain that i don't know that yeah yeah so it says you know trump is the joker you never know what he's gonna do and and hillary's the mob i mean she's corrupt (laughs) but you know what she's gonna do and uh it's this guy dressed up as abe lincoln and he says it's time to vote for freaking batman Um, (laughs) and uh and so so i Here's the deal. I'm sure that a lot of people will write in Batman. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the write-in votes. Yes. This yes. year. The Bernie tally. Sanders is probably going to be high on yeah, that list. Bernie, I've heard he's going to get a lot of write-in. I yeah. think Jack Bauer. I would vote for Jack Bauer. <laughs> from 24. Oh, man. So that, that's or the guy who played the president on 24. Did you watch 24? No, I didn't. There, I a, didn't. there was a guy named David Palmer. He was the president on 24. That dude was presidential. Mm-hmm. I would vote mm-hmm. for him. So, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at right now with this, this whole election. Um, um, I don't necessarily agree with all of Gary's views, and I think sometimes he's kind of doofy. Um, but do- I doofy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think he's got astute he's got some abilities commentary. that we need more so than the others. Okay, so we have a Gary. We have a vote for Gary Johnson, Mike. Yeah, I'm voting right now for uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, we have a Trumper. I am not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> All the women listening to the podcast <laughs> shut it off. Your whole household must be. Uh, uh, it is honestly. Your- <laughs> it's a very it, honestly. I. It's like it's just regrettable that that is the choice of the Republican Party right now. Yeah. Right and. Um, I can't vote for him as a human being or by his character at all. I'm trying to ignore um, the things that he says and what yeah. he does, and I'm praying that he doesn't push a button if he does get elected. But um, That's well, a people voted prayer. for JFK, and JFK was not uh, – he right. was pretty much an, a, a user of women. Yeah. Uh, no no doubt, but I just feel like – I know. I it's, it's kind of a – yeah, we maybe we've cleaned up that story for him, of his life, but – I don't think he was as blatant. I think that was the difference, right? Well, right. It was hidden, but it was still the same. Yeah, there wasn't social media. There wasn't camera phones. There wasn't a million opinions being thrown around all the time. And so, um, yeah, that's where I'm I'm sitting right now, but I'm, I'm not happy. Okay. Did you see those? Did you see those? uh, You know the I vote stickers. It says I voted, and someone put all these memes online where it was like you you could you could put these as your profile picture was like I voted, but then underneath the I voted sticker, like on the sticker, it said like and I feel like crap. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other one was like I voted and I apologize. (laughs) Or like I voted, I I voted and I I don't feel very good about it. And I was like, I I think that's going to be on November eighth. It's going to be like walk in hold your nose <laughs> pull the lever for a lot of people there, there's no longer a lever i know i just like the phrase pull yeah. the lever i mean it's not like the idea gambling like, like it's like you're pulling like, like a slot machine it is kind of like that. it is kind of like gambling <laughs> touch the screen that's that that's yeah, yeah. now it's that doesn't sound as all right what about you john price um i am still one of those quote-unquote undecideds out there okay yeah, i am i'm the one that everybody's trying to <laughs> sway, sway to their side uh, and you know and I know that many people um, will, even around this table, will probably get mad at me. But I am, I am honestly thinking of uh, of abstaining from the vote uh, okay. for, for the president. I, I'll I'll vote. You'll vote down ballot. I'll vote down ballot. Okay. I will vote. I don't think anybody here is going to be mad at you. Well, no. maybe Mike. <laughs> I think you, I, I think you should vote. But <laughs> well, 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 you know, not voting is a vote for the person you really don't want. Yeah, right. Okay. right. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Well, I see, here's it. the here's the thing. I think in a in a democracy, you have you actually have three votes, right? You have right. Uh, mm-hmm. you have a vote for the person you do. that you that you want you have a vote against the person that you don't want and okay. then you, you have a vote of abstention right mm. i mean i th- in a democracy that is what that is what we have right we have the uh, uh, ability to abstain to say i i understand that i have these choices right, right? i understand that these are my choices yeah. and i am you know i am to the point where i cannot in, in good conscience Vote for either or three. What if you, however you want to put it, I cannot vote 
um, because my conscience does not allow me to. And that's what a vote of abstention right. is, right? It's a... Um, I've, had, I've had to literally look past the people and look at the issues. The people are an irrelevant part of the decision making right. for me right now. It's, it's how they support the See, issues. See, part of the problem is with that is that I don't support any of them. Part of the problem with that is I don't believe that the issue that the issues that they are claiming at this point are actually how they will govern. I, and I right? agree with or that. Or they have I, the power I, to actually make right. those issues. I have to be These honest. are the issues to get elected. I, right. I, I have yeah. to be honest. I think that that is Donald Trump's way of going through this. Because if you look at his, his political history, m- the majority of his life, he was democratic in a lot of the ways. I mean, he had the Clintons sure. at his wedding. And so, I mean, h- how can you completely flip-flop? I mean, now you look at, you can't look at his political record because he has none when it comes to voting for right. certain things and that actually plays to his advantage because he can lie about anything he wants to lie about and then if he gets office he can say whoop sorry about that so i changed can Hillary, my mind apparently with her emails well, she right. can lie as well right so but, i mean we're going right. to talk about that I I she has a political I, I record a, i have a public know. policy the political and a record is policy. irrelevant to me like because i don't like her political record and exactly. i don't like and, her and track okay. record right. so i'd rather have someone come in and blow this thing up and i think donald trump's a great person to take some figurative bullets in order for us to drain this rebuild this thing <laughs> correct but it's I not like again metaphor. this is not a situation that i like and it's i think it speaks to the lack of leadership yeah. in our culture and to me that's what's really sad yeah. it's not that donald's a jerk and hillary's a liar it's that really this is what our country can put forth as the two best people to lead our country see i would right. disagree with that i don't think that there's a lack of leadership i think that there's a lack of uh you know strong voters in the midst of it seeing what's really going on because th- the reality is is the people voted these folks in to these roles i mean there were other people that were up like that that could have done a better job at leadership john Kasich, marco rubio i think oh, we've talked about the oh, bernie, bernie sanders. sanders i think we've I talked about those. for john K- john Kasich <clears throat> so, or marco i would have too and so i don't think it's necessarily a lack of leadership i think it's a lack of discernment on the people who are voting okay so i saw this along the lines of what you're saying i saw this post uh that another pastor here in pittsburgh put up and i, I appreciate this post which basically paraphrase it was the people that we are uh voting for are a direct reflection of the electorate so, exactly so you have a person who and, and again my personal opinion in hillary clinton is a do anything at all costs to get elected manipulative maybe criminal uh all these things uh and that's just a reflection of of who we are as a people and then you have donald trump crass uh obviously after the tape came out of talking about women that way but isn't that just a reflection of who we are as a people and and what do you guys have to say about that i'm not getting off the hook about who i'm gonna vote for. yeah i was I'll just gonna to, say i'll get to it in a minute but um who do you think that statement is true that these two people are a reflection of the of the united states well, and this is why yeah. they've risen to the to place they are obviously it is and because they they're the ones that the people in our nation voted for now i don't think it's uh, you know everybody fits into these two categories but i think we can say the majority of people do you know i think that um for for the donald trump person i think that many of them felt unheard for a long time on their particular issues and he's saying stuff that purposely is inciting their uh anger, anger frustration yeah. and so i think most of the folks that are voting and that, for might Trump, that might not necessarily be a bad anger or frustration right and that, that would be a very not, good thing that's to not be what i'm saying I, I think that most of the people that are voting for donald trump are so angry at the eight years of obama that they're willing to to go that way i think now i'm not saying would i you go beyond obama would you go beyond Obama and say that they still that they feel that angst or that anger even beyond Obama? They feel it as just like this whole political system, whether it's Republican or Democrat, is just jacked. M- most of the people that I've talked to personally about this, th- who are voting for Trump, uh, their their response was the past eight years have been terrible for. What, what I think is the Republican person saying this, that it has been so terrible the last eight years that I just want to give our party uh, the ability to be in office no matter who is up for it. And Donald Trump is saying the right things to that particular subset of people. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it could be beyond it. It could be the system. But when they name it, they, they give the name Obama. They're, they're, I think it's a pretty simplistic way of looking at it. I mean, I've voted across party lines before based upon leaders in, in my past. And so, um, I mean, sometimes I'll vote for a leader, but I'm 
today I have to vote for issues. And I'm really mm-hmm. kind of sharpening my focus around issues and what I agree with and what I don't agree with. Immigration policy, terrorism, um, you know, how the government uses fundings and taxing. Uh, there's a number of issues that are kind of steering me one direction. And th- that has changed, by the way, as I've gotten older and in different stages of life, my personal desires and positions on these issues change. I think it happens with all of us as we grow up in Mm -hmm. life, if we're honest with it. And so if you're thoughtful and you dig into those issues, I think um, at some point your your vote could change across different party lines. So I think to say you blame it on just how the country has gone over the last eight years or how the the country went under Bush or whatever it would be is a pretty simplistic way of looking at it. Well, and I think that was the reason why people voted Obama, because they didn't like the way it was under Bush. You know, I mean, so I I think that we have this flip-flop consistently because there's just a disappointment. (laughs) But we we flip-flop based on personality, not on actual, like, issues. Well, uh, I don't know if that's true necessarily. I mean, the, the, the issue was war. Before that, there was a conspiracy that he let it happen, and no, then we're this still in that war. and this one with Obama, the majority of what people are talking about is the issue of healthcare, mm-hmm. and so I think that there are particular issues that people, but they give the name the to the issues. person. Right. They it's say Bush issue. caused war, Obama caused terrible healthcare. I mean, it, like that that right. they put names. Right. To the issue that they're frustrated about, but because that person was in office but when those, that thing was enacted, both it's their of fault. those individuals that was a significant part of their leadership, and they those, right. both of them led the country in both of those. But there are as issues, well. is my point. And there was issues with both of those situations. Do you think, though, that, that the American voter, the typical American voter, is a really is really an informed voter? No. Marv says no. I would I would say that. They're in. I think there's an. They're in, they're informed enough, but maybe not as well as they should be. Well, I mean, you okay. take the issue, let's take the issue of healthcare. I, I think really the best quickly. way for me to describe this is <laughs> my mother got bent the ear of my eight year old and explained to her who she should vote for and why. <laughs> as she, an eight. As, as an, an eight-year-old. Eight-year-old. My eight-year-old processed that, and two days later, spit that back to a friend of mine, and he was telling me, wow, your kid, and she was, you know, it was hilarious, I had this conversation, she told me why I should vote for <laughs> Trump at this particular time, wow. and I think that's the general level of discernment that an American has. Well, okay. I, and I would agree with that, because, I mean, you just take the issue of healthcare for a moment. If you were to ask the normal American person, Republican or Democrat, and say, what was Obamacare? What is Obamacare? And some people would say, oh, it helps the poor. And other people would be like, well, my stuff is raised. How dare they do that? I don't want to help the poor with my healthcare, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, but actually, if you were to actually look at the I mean, depth just the way of you what it is. Your tone of voice kind of uh, definitely lets us know your opinion. It helps it helps the poor. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. But uh, I'm just or it helps a select group of people that are getting extremely wealthy that are not poor. Okay, and uh, doesn't really help the poor and hurts. But hasn't politics for right, right. always but see, done that? Like, but my so, point, my point but politics in that, has always done that. Right. Yes. My point in that is that there's so much lack of understanding or discernment in it. You can't make an accurate frustration i mean there are there are the key li- the key things that people talk about and i i purposely made that voice because i think it's it's a, it's an ignorant place to be on both sides because there's not an understanding of what it actually does i mean they said what that the obamacare thing was like somewhere near 5000 pages of content i mean so it, it's just an interesting an interesting thing that i think that we are ignorant of a lot of things um when it comes to voting, we are not informed as we should be, uh, and we take the the big issues, right? I, I've seen these voter guides where it's like 11 issues and who's yes, who's no on these issues, and but there's so much more to the candidate than those 11 things. Right. Sure. Yep. All right. Well, um, we're going to have to wrap this up, but I didn't say who I was voting yeah. for yet. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go. We'll, we'll be back. <laughs> no. No, oh, no, no, no way. No. You said earlier. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually, I, I do not know who I'm voting for yet. I know who I'm not voting for. I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton. Uh, I know that for certain, and that is because of character and policy. So it's both. So it's both. I character. just really want you to make America great again. Yeah. <laughs> I got to talk about you and John. Batman. You and John and I need to have a conversation. <laughs> Vote done. for Batman. That's Batman. the best thing I heard today. So I honestly don't know. I'm not copping out. I do not know yet. I think I'll know when I get there. Uh, and then and and I'm gonna have to. And it so it is between either voting third party or Donald Trump. So at that point, at this point, I've eliminated one of the three. 
That's helpful. Or John added a fourth. I could just abstain and not vote for not vote for anybody or have a write-in candidate, which I would make something creative and fun. So Jesus anyway, here, here's the thing, though. I think you need to take consider it. Jesus people Christ. people have given their lives for you to I be able to make that choice. Been. I know that. You know, I know. People, believe people me, that's why this is so. Again, and that's why we should not be flippant about it. I'm not. And 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 sometimes the choice is not clear, easy, or good. And that's what it means to be a human right. being is to make tough choices. But and I remember so, what Dave Runyon said, who was on our podcast a little while back. He he said, you know. I'm gonna, you know, pull the lever, or you know, I'm gonna push the button, whatever, touch the screen. Yep. I'm gonna walk out and realize that was just one area of my influence. Yeah, exactly. My major influence is when I walk out of the booth to my family, my friends, yep. my neighbors, my church, That's all true. that stuff. Can I just That's, say one more thing yeah. before we we get off this? I, I think something that we need to understand, and, and I think as Christians that we need to actually take to heart is that we should not demonize the 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 opposition. Right. Uh, what what we what I've seen so much is you know, and I, I've probably been guilty of it as well because I think it's been a frustrating election. You but have we, been guilty of it, but we demonize those that are voting for <laughs> you someone. Demonize that, Mike, right? Right. It just it's easy. Um, but but I think that we need to really be careful with that because then the world sees us lighting each other up and calling each other. Oh, you're. I don't know how a Christian could vote that way. Right. Uh, either either end. I've heard right. that from right. both parties. And, and also the second thing that I want to say is that no matter who is president, when they take the oath of office, we are to honor them. Right. And no matter if you agree with them, agree. like them, oh, or I not. I agree. That's the president of the United States. Exactly. We're to honor the authority above us. I mean, Paul said that to the people that were dying under Nero's hands. Honor the king. Honor the king. And so I think that we need to be people that do that well, no matter what our political views are. Absolutely. Um, and, and we just haven't seen that right. done well in, in our history. Well, we have a great guest that's going to join us right after the break. Uh, his name is Scott Sauls, and uh, he's an author and a pastor, and he's written on these topics like this, and how do you get along with people that think differently than you? Yeah. How do you befriend them? And we're going to talk election with him. We're going to talk friendships with him. We're going to talk about um, civility with him. It's going to be a good conversation, so don't go anywhere. And stick around. We'll be right back here on Post-Christian Pastors. Then they'll want you to eat. Well, get over it, kid. You don't want any part in it. And we're back here on Post-Christian Pastors. I thought that was a great discussion to kick off the show. And uh, right now joining us uh, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, is Scott Sauls. He's our special guest today. Let me tell you a little bit about Scott. And he goes way back with John Price here. We'll maybe hear a little story about that in a minute. But uh, Scott Sauls is the author of um, a couple books, Jesus Outside the Lines, and also uh, the new book called Befriend. He serves as a senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. He was previously a lead and teaching pastor for Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City with Tim Keller. That's a good place. And uh, Scott planted churches in Kansas City and St. Louis. He's a frequent speaker at conferences, leadership retreats, and uh, talks a lot to university students. Marv, you'll like that. Boom. And he writes on his weekly blog, blog at scottsauls.com. That is Scott Sauls. Hello, Scott. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. Hey, Mark. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks for being here so much. I got to ask you, though, um, uh, did you watch the, uh, the, Christian, or the Country Music Awards last night live from Nashville? Uh, World Series won out. <laughs> uh, okay. but, but we, we did record the CMAs. Okay. So we, we actually had uh, Tim McGraw actually uh, featured uh, about 50 people from our community there who stood behind him as he sang. Oh, so cool. oh, I got very to circle cool. back and watch that. Very, very cool. Who are you rooting for, Scott, in the World Series? Um, you know, it, I... I I, I was ambivalent. I'm a, I'm a Cardinals fan, um, and I have you know normally a Cardinals fan would <clears throat> would cheer against whoever's playing against the Cubs. But I, I my I have so many Cubs friends, uh, my heart goes out to them for not having won a World Series <laughs> for 108 years. And so um, I guess I sort of secretly wanted to see the Cubs. Uh, 
pull it out. Another, um, just for, another, for I think we're done with this so. conversation today. It's been nice having <laughs> Scott with us. Another dagger in Mike's heart. Hey, we are to yeah. befriend people that don't agree <laughs> with us. That's right. Did you read the book? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm living in tension already, and <laughs> this is the first two minutes. All right, Scott. Well, um, as we dive into this, we've been talking, before you came on, we've been talking about the election and and uh, all of this this one crazy election uh, season that we've been in. And uh, I, I just want to start off by asking uh, you a question, which is, um, as you have looked at this process over the last, you know, especially the last nine months or whatever, what have been some of your observations when it comes to, uh, let's say, Christians in this process or where, whereas Christian, as you feel Christians are in this process, or if it's been difficult or easy, or or just just your general thoughts before we get into some more specific questions. Yeah, general thoughts is most most Christians that I know uh, have actually been quite balanced and and grown up about the whole the whole process, as well as as perplexed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at, at, you know the the options that are in front of us uh, you know i think just you know if, if character is an important thing we're 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 in a bit of a a, a conundrum um and and so you know the christians in my life uh, have been for the most part pretty reasonable and and by this time probably really just ready for this whole season to to be over uh and then there have been a few uh who uh, I think you know would would uh, be more partisan in their uh, sort of disposition and orientation, and and maybe look a little bit too much to their pastors to be their politicians, and look a little bit too much to their politicians to be their pastors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there and, you go. That's a good point. And so um, I think a little bit of both, but but you know, social media not very encouraging. Uh, try to <laughs> stay off of that. It's but, a dumpster but fire. Own, yeah, but in my own life and context, uh, I'm I'm surrounded by people who are pretty reasonable. Right, that's great. If we're we're seeking first and foremost to be discipled by the scriptures rather than by a, a partisan platform, um, because you know, truth of the matter is that right leaning politics there are there are virtues to right leaning politics that that in many ways do. Um, mesh with with um with jesus vision for the kingdom and then there's some vices that that, that contradict jesus vision for the kingdom and the same can be true on the left that there there, there are some virtue emphasis emphases and vice emphases and yeah. i think the important the important thing for christians is to remember that that we are we're citizens of two kingdoms um you know we're citizens of the heavenly kingdom uh first we're we're christian before we're democrat and we're christian before we're republican or mm -hmm. independent uh you know in our politics and and that should that should make us both charitable toward um people from another you know political view uh, you know than ours and it should also make us uh, critical of our own political loyalties. We, we need to figure out, you know, how to how to eat the meat and spit out the bones, um, you know, both from the right and to the left, so to speak, and and um, and prioritize the kingdom of Jesus, whose kingdom is not of this world. And yeah. and I think whether whether our party is in office or not, it, it, it I don't think any earthly leader. I don't think any you know any sort of you know, trajectory of, of our culture politically uh, negates the purposes of the people of God in the world. Um, I mean, our, our job is to um, love God uh, with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, and, and um, you know, to, to live in such a way that, that um, you know, that, that church sanctuaries become more of an attractive option than an abortion clinic. Uh, yeah. To to make our best case for biblical marriage in the culture by actually having biblical marriages, yeah, um, you know, persuasion I think is is a lot more effective uh, a strategy than coercion through the political process. One of the things that I talk about in in <clears throat> what good is Jesus is about living your politic, um, and, and and you know instead of saying hey this is what I believe and this is where I'm I'm voting for this issue, rather if that's something that you're passionate about. 
live it out. Um, like you said, you know, having biblical marriages or taking care of those folks that are thinking, thinking about or considering abortion and offering to, to walk them through that process and, and at the end adopt their child. I love what Madeline Lingle said. We, we draw people to Christ, not by telling them how right we are and how wrong they are, but mm. by showing them a light that is so lovely that they can't help but ask us what the source of that light is. And, mm. and, um, you know, so living more compellingly, uh, is, is actually the more compelling way yeah. to impact transformation in the culture. That's not at all to dismiss government. I mean, government's right. one of the three institutions that God established and we have to respect that. Um, but I, th- I think another aspect of the Christian witness too, that, that we've completely lost sight of, um, at least in the public space is that whoever, the king is we're supposed to honor him and 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 he's he or she is supposed to to feel chiefly supported by and prayed for by uh the christian community rather than shamed and condemned by the christian Mm, community and i think we we've we've lost sight of that and and i think i think that's that's another another way we can recover our witness um you know because we're we're not we're not going to like whoever is in the presidential, um, you know, space, most of us, or many of us, uh, no matter who it ends up being. And so this will be our opportunity to, to lead by showing honor rather Scott, than disdain. Scott's a great, I want to dive down that a little bit deeper. Honor seems to be something that's just a void in our culture today. We, we don't even honor parents and, you know, political leaders, religious leaders, business leaders. Speak a little bit about that. Why is there such a void of this particular value in our culture? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I guess it depends on the context. Um, sometimes it's because of poor leadership, uh, and, and leaders make it hard for, for, for people to respect them because, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the person who's being led feels more used than cared about or, or feels more controlled than, then swept up into a story that is compelling and bigger than themselves. I mean, it, so it could be, a problem of leadership, and and of course, just the the natural, you know, cynical bent of, of fallen human hearts. We um, we tend to envy those who lead. We tend to, um, you know, we tend to uh, criticize. I mean, we criticize our parents, right? I mean, what generation? <laughs> what generation isn't talking to their counselors about how their parents <laughs> failed them? Um, My kids they, are already there. <laughs> yeah, and there's some legitimacy to that. I mean, yeah. there, there are ways in which parents do fail their children, but that's not the whole story. Like, every child isn't a victim of their parents. I mean, a lot of us had good parents who were imperfect. And um, so if we if we had good parents who were imperfect, we, 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 and we emerge from that with a victim, victim narrative, uh, or, you know, insert boss in the place of parent, or insert government leader in the place of parent, um, you know, we do everybody a disservice, but but I, I think we're we're bent to criticize and we're bent to shame, mm. you know, probably because there's you know this Pharisaical impulse to want to feel superior to somebody, and taking shots at leaders is sometimes an easy way to do that. Do you see a rise in the victim mentality right now in culture? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know about a rise in the victim mentality, but but at least a surfacing of it. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 who knows? But but. I, I think we're becoming more aggressive with our victim mentality. Um, you know, tenured pr- professors are afraid to to say what they think in their classrooms because of, of the potential of being accused of emotional abuse or something, um, you know, by students. And, and our culture is accommodating that victim yeah, narrative yeah. Uh, pretty you- strongly. So. <clears throat> Do you think that that uh, victim culture is also part of the, bringing it back to uh, the election? Do you think that's also part of the demonization of people who are you know voting a, a across a line that you don't agree with? So like uh, a, a liberal sees someone who's voting for Donald Trump, do you then they demonize that person, not just Donald Trump? Do you think that 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 victim mentality plays into that? And if so, how? Uh, sure it does. Uh, because if, if you vote the other way, you know, from, from where I'm voting, that means you're, you're against me and you're against my deeply held values. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, a few years ago in New York, um, I, I preached a, a message at Redeemer on poverty. Um, 
and and was accused, you know, in you know a couple of Monday morning emails, was, was accused by one person who listened in to the sermon of being a a right wing extremist, and then by another person of being a left left wing Marxist. Oh, <laughs> You're probably yeah. in the good place then if you have both well, people I mean, on both sides. That yeah. message was, changed yeah, my I mean, life. I that message the, was terrible. I told Tim about Those the emails, emails, and he said, "Yeah, that actually is probably." right where we want to be we want to keep people guessing and when people are guessing you know those who are more partisan in the way that they they live their lives um and they think about the world are going to get irritated and and maybe even label us as 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 suspect or at best or as an enemy at worst and so um so yeah i mean if i if i just say i'm i am for the unborn uh you know, without saying anything about the poor outside the womb or, or the crisis that, that, that many women are experiencing that, 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 that tempt them to go into a clinic. If I just say I am for the unborn, uh, it's going to create offense for those who are pro-choice. If I just say I'm in favor of the poor and, and I, I want to care for women who are in a crisis pregnancy, I run the risk of, of being, you know, labeled a, you know, labeled one of them by people of a more pro-life position and the truth of the matter is i'm pro-life all the way from conception to to the grave and yeah. and you know in terms of my real views and my my my, my I, I would like to think that my real views are more holistic but even a holistic um you know point of view that 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 refuses to privilege you know justice for one segment of the community over justice for another segment of the, the human community right. Um, will 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 cause offense for some people, and um, you know I want to say let's protect them all. Let, let's let's fight for liberty and justice for every person inside the womb and every person outside of the womb and every person who's carrying somebody in the womb. Let's fight for true liberty and justice, and uh, you know by by valuing the sancti- sanctity of life uh, across the board. Uh-huh. Which means, you know, which means that we need to work hard on creating cultures and especially church communities that, that say very loudly to the world that the sanctuary is a much more appealing and life-giving option to a woman in crisis than a, than a clinic is. Mm-hmm. And awesome. the, church, yeah. the church has done that, that job really well secretly, but we haven't done a very good job of letting our light shine before men mm-hmm. uh, in that so, regard. So, Scott, um, you're pastoring a, a church through this whole election season. I'm not sure if you guys have done specific messages on that or, or, or whatever. But let's say you have a let's say you have a person that comes to you and says in your congregation comes to you and says, uh, I agree with Donald Trump on the issues, but I cannot vote for him on his character and, and things like that and things that he's said or done. And I disagree with Hillary on her issues, uh, but I think maybe she's better governor. But I, ha- I really have a hard time voting for that person, too. Like, what kind of advice would you give them if you've got people who are in this conundrum where they feel like, I don't have anybody to vote for. Uh, I don't want to vote third party. We've talked about that before you actually came on. Um, what what wisdom or what guidance would you give a person in that situation? Abstain as a vote. Yeah. Um, you know, abstain that's what John a, said. <laughs> no, abstain yeah. is a it's a it's a it's a legitimate way to register your protest um, and and exercise your citizenship. Um, so I, I mean that's what I would say to that. I, I and and I think too, you know, while saying that, I, I think it, it is also I think we also need to be really really careful about you know demonizing or dismissing um, you know people who are Christians who would vote for Trump or people sure. who are Christians who would vote for Hillary Clinton in this current environment. Um, you know I, I I think we 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 get into trouble when we start you know, passing judgments on, on people who are going to land, uh, in their conscience in a different place right. than, than we are. Um, you know, there's no perfect human system. There, there's no perfect vision, uh, right. you know, between these candidates and, and there's nothing, neither of them is congruent with the kingdom of God either completely either in right. their character or in their platform. And, and so everybody's got to, you know, look at their own situation, search the scriptures 
Um, and, and we've got to concede that, 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 that there are good arguments that, that, that well-meaning faithful Christians make for, for abstaining, for voting you know, for the Republican, for voting for the Democrat. And I think charity um, is really important. Uh, I think unity is really important. I mean, if, if, if Matthew, the government tax collector, and Simon, the anti-government zealot, could be um, <laughs> yeah. disciples of Jesus, yeah. um, you know, together Jesus, at yeah. the same time and, lo- you know, love one another, you know, despite their political, radical political differences. That would have been a fun uh, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good um, campfires. Good, good campfires. Podcast. Well, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, before you came on, we have a, sitting at the table, we have a... Um, we have a third-party voter. We have a Trump voter. We have an ab- abstainer <laughs> from from voting, and we also have an undecided voter. So, so we are we are kind of yeah. representative of of that mosaic. All four aspects. Yeah, and we actually have, have a pretty similar value st- structure. Yeah, we don't well. have a Hillary voter here, but but um, but yeah, we uh, we we've we've wrestled with this too. So, mm-hmm. Scott, I, yeah. I had a question to that. I mean, some of the stuff that is consistently thrown out as this there's only two votes uh you know i'll i'll confess i'm the third party voter um but but is there some thought to that for you i mean because it is so it is such a bipolar bipartisan system this year i like um, bipolar yeah (laughs) it's so crazy um do you personally and and i won't be offended if you say no do you personally think there's value in voting for a gary johnson or a jill stein uh in this particular election uh if that's who you think the best candidate is and if if you can't in your your conscience vote for you know the major party candidates who you know we all agree have the greatest likelihood of of occupying the oval office then then you do that um yeah I, i don't see any moral dilemma in that at all yeah hey um scott in in both uh, Jesus Outside the Lines and in uh, the new, your newest book, Befriend, you, you quote uh, John Wesley. Um, mm-hmm. Can you speak uh, more to that quote? Uh, obviously, it speaks deeply to you because you've used it twice. And uh, I'll read it just so our listeners know what it is, and then you can maybe talk about it. Um, I uh, meet those of our society who had votes in the ensuing election and advised them, one, to vote without fee or reward for the person they judged most worthy, two, to speak no evil of the person they voted against, and three, to take care their spirits were not sharpened against those that voted on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've we've already covered the, the first and the last. Um, um, what was the second one? Again, the second one is to speak no evil of the person they voted against. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. Well, we um, talked about that in honoring a little. Yeah, bit, yeah. We, we, yeah, we did, we did. Um, yeah, fear God, honor the king. You know, spoken into uh, a culture where where the king was routinely persecuting Christians and putting them to death. Uh, uh, you know, I think speaks to to our own need to maybe reconsider the way that we express our opinions and viewpoints about our leaders. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think, I think John Wesley in that statement does hit on, on a lot of the majors of, of, of what the scriptures say our posture toward, you know, those in public office should be, which, which should, should always be as much as possible a posture of support, a posture of partnership and collaboration, a, a posture of, working alongside government and leaders to, to leave the world better, to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God, while also um, refusing to, uh, to light uh, and burn Caesar's incense or to, you know, refusing to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's statue because our, our king is, is, is not of this world. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Scott. And um, we'll kind of, I guess we'll kind of move out of the the election and politics with one last kind of uh, question, and then and this will kind of move into your new book, Befriend, which, by the way, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but um, re- I really appreciate it, and it's uh, been a very insightful and helpful read. Can you speak to, and you've already done a little bit, but can you speak to, um, in, you know, from your book, Befriend, about voting about befriending those who vote against you uh yeah i think i think it's quite 
simple the way I would respond to the question. You know, I, I would point again to Matthew and Simon, the zealot, who, again, were, you know, politically on completely opposite ends of the partisan spectrum from one another uh, by virtue of their political alignments. And, and just thinking about the fact that, that, that there was only one gospel writer who took great care to mention uh, in his gospel that Matthew was a tax collector and Simon was a zealot, and that was Matthew. Right. Um, I think that's really significant. I think that's a really humble gesture on the part of Matthew the Evangelist to, to point that out, that, that, that he and his brother, you know, implicitly at least, he's pointing out that he and his brother Simon are, are learning to love across the lines of difference mm-hmm. under Jesus. And, and, and so I, I think it's an important question to ask, who do we feel more kindred uh, with, those who share our faith but not our politics or those who share our politics but not our faith? And mm-hmm. if, if the answer is the second, the latter, rather than the former, then then we've on you know somewhere along the lines rendered unto Caesar what belongs to God, mm. yeah. and and um, that is not a good place to be. Uh, it's not a good place to be to um, to conflate either left leaning or right leaning politics with the kingdom of God because you know the one thing that makes the scripture relevant is is that you know politically and otherwise is the scripture doesn't show any interest in being relevant what what the scripture does is it comes in and it, it affirms what's good uh in our systems and and, and beliefs and, and it critiques what's not and and our job is to continue pressing forward with what the scriptures affirm are good and and also to repudiate and repent of things that are not good rather than you know partisan spin that 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 paints a, a, you know, puts puts lipstick on a pig with respect to our own politics, <laughs> uh, and, and, complete, and completely demonizes the other side. When there's, I think that the, the, the one uh, really, I think, life giving moment in this whole political season that I can recall was was when, in a presidential debate, the um, the the questioner or you know the the interviewer asked a, a question that humanized both of them and said, hey, what's one thing good that you can say about your opponent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that wasn't and, one and, of and, the and, moments. That was the only <laughs> moment. That was the only moment in the entire the entire season that I think was friendly. So yeah. that was good. So but that, I think it was important. And I, I oh, think yeah. It was, it was something that quite honestly uh, resembles what Christian discipleship looks like in having these public conversations that you start, you know, John, you and I both learned this from Jaron Bars. You, you start with bridge building, not with bridge burning. Right. Uh, if you, if you want to be persuasive, uh, if you don't want to be persuasive and you just want to insult people, then, then that's one thing. Um, but, <laughs> but if, but if you want to be, per, if you want to be persuasive, <laughs> if you want to be persuasive, then, you know, you got to, where's, where's the potential bridge that can be built? And, 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 you know, how do we go in like Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery and, and start with, I don't condemn you. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we'll have the ethical conversation. Then we'll have the political conversation. But if we come in with a posture of arching our backs and holier than thou and, you know, w- we get it and you don't, um, you know, we're not going to win anybody over. We're just going to embitter people even more. Scott, I got another question. How would you, um, this is a thought that I've been working on. There's definitely a gap between what I think is moral law and civil law and how it relates to our our country and, and how we vote. There's some things that I think maybe we should have the freedom to choose in our country that I think morally are not good, beneficial uh, to us as creatures or God's will in our life as well. As a pastor, how do you differentiate between those two? And maybe give us an example of something that you think we should have the civil freedom to do, but morally, as a pastor, you don't think it's good for people to partake in. Well, you know, I, I think the question, you know, the, the, the question for, for me boils down to, um, you know, if, if, if there is a law that by virtue of its existence per, per, uh, perpetrates uh, or, or opens the door for the perpetration of, of an injustice uh, or a human rights violation against one aspect of the com- human community, uh, you know, and perpetrated by another, you know, segment of the human community, then that's where I think Christians like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. need to stand up and, and fight for just laws because as as dr king said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere and so i do think that christians 
have a part to play in, in prophetically speaking into the life choice uh, discussion, advocating uh, 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 for justice both for the unborn and for um, for those living in poverty. Uh, you know, 60% of the women who go into p- clinics, for instance, are living in poverty. Uh, and so we, we not only need to need to fight for for an, uh, uh, I guess a, a civil environment that that advocates for all of the unborn, but also a civil environment that that helps uh, women see that there is an alternative uh, to to um, you know terminating. And so uh, so wherever there's injustice, I think we we need to to fight. How but about like the other think, side of that, Scott? Scott, like in mm-hmm. like in gay marriage or gay rights? Do you think that so sexuality? Yeah, homosexuality. Uh, do you think we should yeah. uh, fight for the rights of individuals to do things that maybe even as a as a follower of Christ or if you're a conservative yeah. follower of Christ, you might not agree to, but they should have the civil freedom to yeah. be able to participate. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what you should think, but I, yeah. I can tell you I can tell you where I am. Uh, we've lost. Christians have decidedly lost the culture war on this one and so we 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 should probably stop fighting a war that's already been decisive (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, because we just continue to damage our witness and marginalize ourselves if we do yeah again i said it earlier the best case that christians can make for for biblical marriage in the culture is to have biblical marriages uh, and and also to to live a contented single and celibate life to demonstrate to the world that that sexuality is not our identity that jesus is our identity it's not our it's not our marital status or our sexual status that defines us. It's our redemptive status, and, and um, you know, learning the secret of contentment, like Paul did, is, is a terrific and beautiful, wonderful, life-giving witness. Um, you know, but but I think in terms of passing judgment, which is which is really what the judicial, uh, you know, and, and and legislative system is about. It's about passing judgment on things that are declared wrong, and and not passing judgment on things that aren't declared wrong. Um, uh, you know, Paul, Paul talks about, you know, sexual, you know, brokenness and, and unorthodox, biblically unorthodox sexuality sure. in first Corinthians five. And he says, you know, if somebody identifies as a believer, you need to apply redemptive pressure so that that person, right. um, you know, will, will get out of bed with the wrong people. And, and, he says, you know, and he, he goes to great pains to clarify, he says, I'm not at all talking about the sexually immoral outside of the church. Right. Uh, God has called us to peace in that situation, which means befriend that person. Right. God mm-hmm. is God, and God alone is that person's judge. And so, um, you know, I think the most Christian thing that I can do if I've got you know a, a gay or lesbian couple, for instance, that lives across the street from me, is have them over to dinner yeah. and, and be their friend and talk about life and and uh, hope that that somehow, some way, my uh, identification with Jesus will will be a compelling thing that that will you know eventually invite dialogue about who Christ is. I, I think really, um, you know, when we, when we put the law uh, before conversion, um, it, you know, we 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 in a sense violate the teaching of Paul. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, one of the that, things yeah. when students ask me about that question is very similar to that process. You know, I say I, I personally don't think we should legislate morality uh, for the reason that that people who don't have the Holy Spirit can't actually live the morality that the gospel calls us to live. And so, so uh, to your point about Christians, I, I do when they ask me about Christians who who claim that you know I have a very similar stance in that it's not necessarily the most attractive when it comes to the the, the college students and young adults I work with, but I think that it makes sense to them. And so, so I, yeah, and, and I love the, the comment of befriending them, bringing them over for dinner. I, I think you, you're right in saying that we've marginalized ourselves as believers because we don't even do that. Yeah. Now, Scott, in, the, um, in, in your book, Befriend, you talk a lot about building relationships and friendships across like cross-cultural lines religious lines uh political lines uh, i mean any boundary that that people could put up and and can you give an example of a, a meaningful relationship in your life uh where you've done this and and how that relationship has contributed to your growth as a, a follower of jesus Oh, I, I mean, I could go. I mean, every chapter is really about that. Um, yeah, you pick one. So pick, pick, could, one uh, pick one that's um, really meaningful to you. Yeah, I, I think that, 
you know, I have gay friends, um, you know, uh, who are, are really, um, you know, their, their, their main struggle is not, you know, in being sexual deviants or, or, or in being, right. you know, nymphomaniacs or anything like that. Uh, uh, but, but in, in not being alone, I mean, that, that's, you know, they're, 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 they're fighting for what God said, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. And, 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 you know, they're, 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 my, my friends who are gay are typically very sensitive, very thoughtful, very kind, and a lot of common grace there. Um, and, and so, I, and, and it really does tenderize the conversation when you, when you get off of social media and actually get face to face with, with the person that you're, you're talking about, you, you understand that, that, um, you're dealing with a human soul here and, and not with, with, uh, you know, not with, with an enemy. And I, I think, you know, the, the race, um, you know, chapter is, is really just a kind of a testimony, uh, of my own experience, but, um, I, I've benefited greatly, especially in the past year and a half to two years with, with the race conversation being what it is. Um, you know, of, of being close friends and even seeking mentoring and, and, and sort of life input for me from, from friends of color, uh, from men and women who are, you know, black and Asian and Native American, Latino and such. Uh, I've benefited greatly from, um, from those friendships of, of just understanding how important it is to, to go into every relationship, whether it's cross-racial, cross-political, cross, you know, whatever, uh, cross gender with, with empathy, um, uh, rather than judgment. And, and, um, so I think that's yeah. true with sporting teams as well. And I think these guys <laughs> should be more empathetic about my Cleveland sporting teams. Now we're from Pittsburgh. And you enter know. into that relationship with empathy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel zero wins the from the Browns. I, mean, yeah. I, I can empathize. Well, do you care about my so, well-being? Oh, I care about your well-being, but I don't care about your team. Well, Scott, Scott it's a great, it's a great book. It's a, it's a great book. One that we're desperately going to Christians need to read on November yeah, 9th. Um, start, they should Both be reading it now. Yeah. Outside the lines is great yeah. too yeah they should be reading it now and so uh we really appreciate you coming on we want to play a little game with you before you go is that cool mm-hmm. sure all right so this game is going to be called who gets your vote and um so what what we're going to do here is uh just this make-believe game where we want you to tell us who you would vote for if they were running for president okay so these okay. are these are sometimes fictional characters sometimes real people but who would you vote for if you had to vote, and these were your choices, for president? And we're going to go around the table. We're going to cue the music here, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll jump into... Have uh, a little fun with this guy. Yeah, have a little fun. Yeah. yeah. Loosen up. Nobody's going to hold you to this. Um, it's not really... It's not like we're putting on the internet forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go with uh, who gets your vote with Scott Sauls. So uh, number one, if you had to vote for Reagan or JFK, who would you vote for? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Start with a hard one. Yeah, I mean that's sort of presenting us with the opposite scenario that we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who, who's the better of two great leaders? Yeah, <laughs> Reagan or JFK? Gosh. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. And you know, if I did tell you, I would tip my hat politically. Ah, very good. All right. We've got to get some of that. I think ones. that's the only real political one in here. Well, there's yeah. a, there's another one, but it's both okay. on the same side. All right. Okay, so we were going to go with undecided voter on that one. There he goes. Or right, Number two. All right, Scott. Mr. T or The Rock? Ooh, Mr. T or The Rock? Yeah, I'm like... Go with Mr. T on that one. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Pity the fool. Why Mr. T? Why Mr. T? Uh, just <clears throat> a lot of nostalgia comes up. You know, <laughs> yeah, A-team a- 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 as, as, as I hear his name mentioned. So. His, his, whole poli- his whole political platform would be, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> that was Hannibal. Yeah. Well, that is they, Hannibal, yeah. but yeah. he's still on the team. Right. That's true. He does, he does a lot of good work. Stands for justice. A- looks really over there oppressed. Uh, how, the about, pool. how about this, Scott? Tim Keller or Chuck Swindoll? <laughs> Well, we, uh, I, like them, I like them both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, th- I think, uh, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to vote for Tim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good call, good call. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be loyal, Scott. Gotta be loyal. <laughs> All right, uh, the next one is Harrison Ford or Tom Hanks, Indiana Jones or Forrest Gump. It's <laughs> <laughs> not who I would. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with with. Tom Hanks because uh, the, the earring Harrison Ford, um, you know, put in just uh, would throw you off. Be, be too hard for me with the earring. I um, think I would literally yeah. vote for Tom Hanks for president yeah. right now. Dude, <laughs> like, be either run. one of those. I would yeah. vote for. On, on SNL, he was great as the moderator. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. All right, so uh, uh, here's the next one, number five. Uh, if he was alive, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, which one would you vote for for president? Steve Jobs, if he was still alive, or Bill Gates? Yeah, I'm going to say Bill Gates on that because um, of all the, the great sort of justice initiatives that he's been involved with, and he's a lot less volatile uh, as a leader. <laughs> yeah. so. Bill Gates. All right, Bill Gates gets the vote. All right, going to... Uh, Charlie Daniels or Willie Nelson? Get a little bit of uh, <laughs> in order the country music. Country music. Wow. So whiskey or marijuana? <laughs> um, well, you one. know, not Once. to demonize them. <laughs> no, yeah, kidding. I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Willie Nelson on that Woo! one because uh, we saw him in concert last year and nice. he was really good. Nice. Cool. So. No devil went down to Georgia, huh? Excellent. Number seven: Condoleezza Rice or Sarah Palin. Ooh. Ooh, two Soccer Republican mom? women. Yeah, that, uh, no brainer. Condoleezza. <laughs> 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 Feel much more comfortable with that That's choice. Funny. That's if funny. she was running, I would vote for her too. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people on anybody's list that yeah. if they were running. Yeah, yeah. It's not crazy. Sarah Palin. I would vote for Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, yeah, it's probably true. Number right. number eight is is all, all Marvel uh, fictional characters here. Tony Stark or Steve Rogers. And so we have Iron Man or Captain America. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in. I'm not really a superhero follower, so I, I'd be an ignorant voter on that one. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> come on, Abstain. you got to vote. You're going to get stained for that one. I would vote. I would vote. Tony Stark's kind of like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> so <laughs> Steve Rogers. Uh, Steve Rogers, all American though, so probably have to go with that. Okay, so are you a movie guy? Are you a movie guy? Well, it's been a lot of Pixar and Disney for the last 18 years of our lives. But <laughs> okay. yeah, we're starting we'll see, to get We'll back see if you it. get... You probably should get this one. Uh, so the president from Independence Day. Do you remember that movie? Do you remember the president in Independence Day? Talking about the Day? original one? Yeah, the original oh, one. Only vaguely. That's been a long time. It's been so a lot of years. The president from Independence Day or Kiefer Sutherland from Designated Survivor. That's a new show. I don't even know what that is. It's a good show. I'm just going to say Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> Yeah, it's from 24. Or would you vote for David Palmer, who was the president in 24? <laughs> I'm going to still go with Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would vote David Palmer for right. president. All right, last one. You might you might know this one. You might not. Last one. Last one is uh, Captain Kirk or Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead or Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Two leaders. Yeah, I'll go with Rick Grimes there. Oh, Rick Grimes! Uh, Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead, Rick Tatership. <laughs> That's what they call it on the show, the Rick Tatership. Well, Scott, thanks for playing. That was fun. So we, you've got quite a cabinet there. You put them all together, yeah. all your picks. <laughs> That'd be a good one. We yeah. don't, yeah, we don't have Reagan or JFK, but but we'll let you th- we'll let you Maybe steal they can on be that. Co-presidents. One. Co-president. <laughs> there you go. They'll run together, Reagan and uh, however they figure it out. But um, hey, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Um, Tell people where they can find your stuff. Uh, their books are obviously on Amazon.com. You have a blog at scottsauls.com, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's actually a book books page on on the blog as well. If if but but yeah, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all those you know those they all carry it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and for being with us. Scott, anything else that you want to let people know about? Other than- uh, no, it's great to talk to you guys. Though. Great. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back here to wrap up the show here on Post-Christian Pastors. Don't go anywhere.
All right, guys, we're back. How's everybody doing? That was quite a episode so far. Yeah. Yep. Man, you know, talking about politics is so much fun. I, I love what Scott had to say about about us living uh, our politics, and uh, you know, that's how the early church, the early church, um, uh, was a place that drew people into it because of their treatment of children and women. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how it grew in many ways in the early days because the. People saw how women were treated like by the early days, the like church. Rome, yeah, Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, like, in the so, yeah. Sorry. Let's so, clarify which early days are we talking? Back about? when oh, I yeah. was a kid. Back when I was a kid in the church basement, uh, uh, women were treated well. No, um, but if you go, if you go back to the early church. <laughs> no one has more respect for women than me. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, so uh, let me rescue this point. So if you go, if you go back to the early church, it, it actually became known as a church of women and children for women and right. children and yeah. poor people. Yep. And if you look at it, that's because those three groups of people were treated horribly in the culture, and yet in the Christian community, they were treated with respect right. and love and and yep. honored, dignity, too. and and yeah. so like people would look at the marriage that Christians had and say, well, we want to have that kind of marriage or we want to, I want to be treated that way. And so they would, that's how the church grew and that was yeah. them living in a hostile political environment. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think his points about befriending people are, are very important, inviting people into your life and, and allowing your life to be an example for the friends that you befriend. I think that's an important thing. Um, you know, he, he talked about where if we, we have a political issue of, of marriage that we display good, godly marriage. And I think that you display that as he talks about in his book and as he talked about here by befriending them and inviting them into your life to see your life as an example. Right. And exposing yourself to people of different viewpoints, different ethnicities, different right. political viewpoints, value systems. Um, I think that's an important thing to do. We, we tend to isolate with people that are like ourselves mm-hmm. more yeah. and more. Yeah, I mean, we have to be, we have to be uh, open and willing to, you know, willing to you know, walk in places that we may not have walked before, right? We yeah. have to be willing to, even like you said, you, even sometimes that crossing the street for some people is like incredibly scary, right? It's, it's uncomfortable, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to cross the street to my neighbor who's different in some way. Yeah. And yet, you know, how else do we befriend someone unless we are in their lives, right? Correct. They're yeah. in ours. Yeah. Well, those are good words from, from this whole show about uh, – this political season, as you listen to this podcast, maybe you listen to it before the election or after. We hope that it's a help for you either way to help you not only maybe make up your mind about how you're going to vote or who you're going to vote for, but also to help you uh, befriend, yeah. to use the word from the book, uh, people that vote differently than you and that you are called to live at peace with and you're called to love and to be generous towards and and to be good citizens of the country that you're in. So yep. Yep. we appreciate you listening. Guys, it's about time to take off. It's about time to, to end this show. If you uh, would love to find uh, more information, you can go to our Facebook page. We update that and let people know when new episodes are coming out and things like that. You can find us by simply searching for Post-Christian Pastors on Facebook. And we would love to have you like the page or leave a comment and let us know what you think. You can download us on your cell phone or on your computer using uh, many different apps or uh, like Podbean or Podcast Addict or different apps on your on your phone that you can use to download us or all, as always on iTunes if you uh, use Apple. So share with your friends and uh, make our podcast, podcast great again. Please. Please <laughs> make oh, it great again. This is a disaster. <laughs> All right. I am checking out. We are checking out. So this is Mark Helsel saying goodbye, guys. Bye, Adios. Mark. Bye. Well, you said bye to me. Thanks. We're out. Bye, Mark. Like Peace. Marv bye, Mike. and Dodgeball. <laughs> Peace. I'm never out in Dodgeball. <laughs>